0: Welcome to the Affordable Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Hewn. Our mission is to help you gain your freedom from the exhausting, never-ending corporate rat race. Because time is our most valuable asset. And life's just too short to do work we hate. Thanks for slowing down. All right, everybody, welcome to the Affordable Freedom Podcast. Today my guest is my friend Keith Johns that I met on LinkedIn. And I'm excited to have him on here today because there's some people that you meet and just immediately, you know, you hit it off and you figure out like, this is my kind of person. You know, you kind of find your people. And there were a number of things that that we connected on. And, you know, one was the fact that both of us are kind of inherently introverted kind of people that can appear to others as being extroverted. And, you know, I think we've, we've both tried a lot in our lives to fit into that extroverted world, which we'll talk about a little bit here today. And and then the, the mental health struggles, you know, that we've both experienced. So Keith, man, I'm excited to to have you on and just hear about your journey to where you are today as a uh, transformational mind coach.
1: Awesome. Can't wait to dig in. Let's go.
0: Sounds good. So, I was wondering if um, we could start by you just describing a little bit about the transformation that you've experienced, because it really has been a pretty dramatic mindset transformation for you, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's been, it's been multi, multi-stage. I didn't like where I was at and didn't like how I felt in my 20s and 30s, and I, I turned to substance abuse right, to make myself feel better, to heal the pain that I'd gone through as a child. And to fix what you started to talk about, which was, why am I so shy, right? Why am I so shy? And how can I be an extrovert? How can I be more social? How can I be more outgoing? Because those people look happy and I'm not happy. So I'm going to go figure this thing out. And I tried just about everything under the sun for the first 37 years of my life to figure out how to be comfortable in my own skin, how to know who I was, how to interact with other people. It was a stew of stuff. Social anxiety, introversion, abuse, you know, as growing up from my father, um, perfectionism. It was all this mess. And uh, I drank myself right up to the, the lip of my grave, right, right there, man, and pulled up out of it, you know, and I've been on a journey now for 13 years. And so phase one was just realizing what. I tried to do to survive and get by was not working. I need a big change and I need to find new information and new ways of going about this. And really the, that was, you know, seven, eight years of getting sober. And then for the last five years is when we've really gone, I've really gone into a whole nother stratosphere. I hired my first coach and that's the first time I learned. I have power over my brain. I have control over my mind as a tool and there's a part of me it's not my brain it's not my mind it's me it's my spirit right it's my higher self that's the real me and that part of me can tell can can call the shots and so now all my work on me and with my clients and all I talk about i break it down like this i am obsessed with the nature of being a human being today in 2023 In all its glories and challenges, and solving the problem of why it's so damn hard, and why so many of us are struggling, and how we can fix that. And that's what I'm obsessed with doing, is helping people who aren't going through the same struggles that I have, but they're stuck, and they don't understand why they've done everything they were supposed to do. High school, college, climb the ladder, I checked all the boxes. And my life isn't what I want it to be. And it shows up in a lot of different ways. And that's where I was. And I fixed that. And I love my life. And now I help other people overcome that too. So it is, I live my job now. I don't work a day. People say, find your passion. Oh, you you can't, that's not possible. You should just be happy that you're working. Not for me, man. You can't tell when I'm working or when I'm just hanging out because it is my jam. I love this stuff. Well, what
0: I love is that you've experienced this mindset transformation. You're living the best life that you ever have, and you're simply trying to pay that forward. You know, it's like you and I both like we're not chasing money. We're not trying to get rich. We're trying to help people. And the money is just sort of the residual.
1: When when you find a really high degree of alignment and for me getting out of my own way with my selfishness and self-centeredness. And I had a, my soul had a hole in it. I had to keep trying to fill. And you realize the best feeling in the word world is serving other people. And then you learn how you can serve them. And you take that out and you stop rolling your eyes at the people who say the money doesn't matter. The money will come, but what really nourishes you are those stories. And I can tell stories for days about clients who they raised their hand and said, I want to do the work like you did. And I tell them, I can't do it for you. And I'm not a guru. I'm just here to give you tools. And then you got to go do the work. And I'm blessed with these people who go do the work and the light bulb goes off. And that is the best feeling in the world, knowing that you've changed someone's approach to life because then they take that home and it impacts their kids, impacts their relationship, impacts their community. You're right, brother. Helping people in a way that aligns with what you care about most, the best job on the planet.
0: 100%. So one of the things that you were talking about there about, you know, why are you so quiet? That really resonated with me because I can remember being like a shy kid. And it was like, I I didn't, you know, once I got to know somebody, then I was kind of like crazy and rambunctious kid. I wasn't the shy kid anymore. But As I've reflected on that, because I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there who have felt the same way, like uh, I've gotten to a point where I think um, I was always quiet because like just small talk sort of like surface level talk is really boring to me. So like even in my career, as I go to like happy hours and networking events, it was always really boring to me. I want to like dive into meaningful, serious stuff like you and I did on our first conversation. But like that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And, and that's something that I've sort of learned over my life. And then the way I adapted to that, to being uncomfortable in those surface level social uh, situations is drinking. And I did the same thing. You know, I, I tried to use alcohol and used it to excess on many, many occasions, more than I'd care to to say. But um, have you kind of experienced a, you know, a similar type of a, yeah. you know, kind of what I'm describing here?
1: makes total sense. You know, I I would go. I mean, I was a fairly high level at at different companies and I would go to industry events and if I wasn't pretty buzzed up, I mean, I would like hide in the bathroom. You know, these awkward bits of small talk. And it was because my brain was going a million miles an hour, right? They're judging me. They're thinking about me. All the anxiety, not only the social anxiety, which I have I don't consider myself socially anxious anymore. But when you get that past that, there's the natural introversion. There's the natural tendency to not get energy from interaction with a lot of people, to have it kind of drain you and need to rest afterwards. And now I'm this walking paradox, right? Of, and my wife makes fun of me because, I, as an example, I talked to six people in a row yesterday, nine to 10, 10 to 11, 11 to 12, and I loved every minute of it. And then I fell over like an oak tree and took yes. a nap. <laughs> and my wife's like, why are you torturing yourself? I says, because I love people. It doesn't make any sense. But introvert doesn't mean you don't like people, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I had to go through that balance because, okay, well, now I just know I need to go deep with people. They're not always ready for that. So when I'm interacting socially with new people, it's a very gentle curiosity. So it's deeper without going deep unless they ask me to. But what's funny, people start to get to know you and you go to the the summertime birthday party and a neighbor walks up and goes, hey, Keith, how you doing? Can I I talk to you for a minute? And they know what I do. And all of a sudden, bam, because they're looking for someone to go deeper than the surface. And so my introversion, my ability to listen and be present and be empathetic is a gift. It's a gift to them and to me. But we're not taught that. You weren't popular. You're not talkative enough. You don't speak up. The girls aren't chasing you. Like We're told that that's what you have to be, this amazing extrovert with all this charisma. Now I've got my own charisma, right? And I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm not having to stretch myself. I don't have to use substances to get myself into a state where I can be like them. I'm just me.
0: That's the thing is just being comfortable enough in your own skin and that takes a lot of reflection and um you know uh self-awareness which it's it's really uh-huh. hard for people to do they get really uncomfortable with their when they're alone with their thoughts um but it it's so helpful and it, the more you understand kind of who you are as a person and sort of how your brain works then you can sort of create this awesome life around it and and maximize your value and that's this experience that I've been having so when you said you had a million things going on through your head I totally relate to that too. And and one thing that I've been learning is I always thought like I was a really slow thinker because like I couldn't like in the moment, you know, off the cuff, I struggle. But then after I think about it a little bit, I'm like, "Ooh, I've got some really cool thoughts that would have been valuable to share." And that's why I've always been like a better writer in terms of communication, but what I'm learning is I'm not a slow thinker. I've just got so much going on up there that it's hard for me to like, it takes longer to process all the thoughts. Right.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. I, 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 agree with you. That's a, a trait that I share with you. It used to challenge me, especially if I was sitting in executive session with very intelligent, quick people who had answers. And, and I think I am really good at synthesizing and connecting dots and seeing patterns, but like, It took me a little more time. I needed a little more reflection. I needed quiet time. Um, I'll tell you something, though. I did as I got more comfortable with myself and less self-conscious in those rooms when I leaned into what a lot of experts will say that becoming the witness or being the observer, getting out of your own head. And watching the players and watching yourself and creating a little detachment, it did slow things down for me a little bit. And I got to kind of watch how the chess pieces moved around the board that actually it calmed me and it did make me a little faster at responding. It's almost like, actually, you want to know what it did? It didn't make me faster. It slowed everything else down. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think it does. But elaborate anyway.
1: Well, it, it's just, I would go into executive sessions with a PhD and my CEO and people with master's degrees and all these things. And when your, when your consciousness, when your point of view is all in here, it's a lot. It's Your brain's going just bananas. And if you can, I put my hand back here when I do this. It's like this external view where you stop becoming... Keith, the warrior, Keith, the thinker, and you become Keith, the observer, and you start wondering about everyone at the table and what they're thinking and what they're going through. And then you wonder what Keith's thinking, what Keith's going through. It just slowed things down for me. um, And it let me respond a little more effectively in the moment. It took me out of myself without (laughs) needing something to take me out of myself. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really helpful. It's a cool skill. It's taken a while to develop. It helps. It helps me um, stay calm and centered in coaching conversations too.
0: Well, that's yeah. Staying calm and centered, gosh, talk about something that I've always struggled with. And I think we talked. We we. I think when we first talked, we hit on meditation a little bit and how I've been this person that I like look at it and I read about all the benefits. I'm like, this is freaking awesome. I got to start doing it, you know. And then I start doing it. I get into a bit of a routine, then ultimately the routine breaks and I get out of it. And then I've got thousands of things going through my head. And so talk to us a little bit about how you've used meditation.
1: Ah, that's a great question. I love talking about meditation because I love debunking all of the, the bad expectations around it. And it, I don't tell people I'm going to have you meditate because... I don't want to do that i can't do that i'm bad at that right and i break all that stuff down it has i i'm sure it has a fancy name but i do a very simple meditation where i sit quietly and i breathe and i wait for thoughts to enter my mind and i push those thoughts out of the way and i stay in this blank blank black space that i've built in my mind and it's just practice right it's like playing tennis The thought comes to you and I recognize it and I swipe it away and it can be very frustrating. It can be very frustrating for my clients. They're one weekend of trying this like, nope, not working. Can't do it. All I do is think. We define winning by you noticing your thoughts for the first freaking time in your life and wondering why did that pop in there? Why did Keith needs to buy bread? pop in while I'm trying to sit here quietly? Or why did some insane fear or you know unwarranted freak out pop into my head? I wasn't invited. Huh. I wonder where those thoughts come from. They're not coming from me because I'm trying to sit here calmly. And now we can start to question the role of our brain and our mind and how we operate every day. In addition, we can start to find this calm, peaceful place that you can call on throughout the day. See, I, I've got a client. Had a client who woke up every morning, eyes closed, reached out, grabbed the phone, hit the button, started working. I mean, every day. And I'm like, "Oh Lord, what if we didn't do that?" And then, of course, abject fear comes over her, her face. Fast forward six months later, she does not pick up her phone until she gets to work. She gets up. She owns her morning. She doesn't immediately get the dopamine and all the other hormones that your brain and body love doesn't flow those. She's the boss. She's in charge. And meditation helps you do that. It creates that calm center that you can then refer back to and bring forward throughout the day. So I'm, I'm not a yogi by any stretch, but I can close my eyes and breathe and go into that, that black space and bring everything down and that's just consistent practice over time. So I find it very helpful and formative for how my entire day goes.
0: That's a really helpful way to think about it. And I really like how you're talking about just sitting there, being alone with your thoughts, recognizing it, letting it go. And sometimes I hear that because I always do guided meditations. And I'm sure a lot of beginners do because I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. I got to listen to somebody who does. Yeah. And And I've heard them say that, like, accept your thoughts, let them go. But then I don't get, you know, one guided meditation that I want to listen to all the time. So then I'm like, getting up in the morning and looking on YouTube and thinking, all right, which one am I going to do this morning? You know what I mean? So having just this simple process you can do on your own without a guide, I think is really
1: helpful. It's, it's the hardest kind. And by the way, some guided is great. Like I really like Joe Dispenza's guided meditations. They're long I have had some pretty insane experiences with his meditations, really just going out there, man, like feeling like I was flying through space. They're fantastic. But if you want to develop mental discipline around your thoughts and the ability to call on that calm, chilled out center, I think the style I've described is where you build those muscles. It's the best way.
0: So I think that's a good way to transition into, we've been talking about the, the mindset transformation. Let's talk a little bit about the career transformation going from nine to five to entrepreneurship and how being more centered and more focused actually helps you to be a better entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't think everyone needs to become an entrepreneur to fully self-actualize, but I think some of us are wired to be a little rebellious and to wanna take life as far as we can so, you know, I was rebuilding my, my career in my recovery and I climbed the corporate ladder and got all the way to the C-suite. I looked around and I said, I don't know if I want this. Like, I don't know if I want to even be CEO of this company. And I think I could be, but I think I want my own thing. I think I want to find a reason and a purpose for working. And I hired my first coach. And by the way, I love my parents. My dad was a truck driver. My mom was a cleaning lady. I had no idea what to do if I was going to start a business. Zero. Nor did I have a ton of confidence around my money mindset or what I would do when I stopped getting a paycheck. But I wanted it bad enough. I think that's what I've learned about myself, if anything, is when I want something really bad, I will walk through walls to figure out how to do it. So I hired my first coach, and a year and a half later, I was resigning from my safe Corporate job, and my mom told me you're crazy. Now, it's not easy to stick with the plan when the person who's believed in you your whole life <laughs> is saying, "I don't think you're going to make it, son." But I was uh, stubborn and resourceful, and I was surrounded with good people. And I think you know, once once we're safe, once we're emotionally safe in life, once we're provided for, we're here to create. We're here to build something. We're here to make a difference in the world. I think that, that is absolutely our highest calling. And I've fallen in love with building this business. That doesn't mean it's been easy. I've had to learn more, learn faster, get tougher, be more resilient than really from anything else in my life. The three things that have formed me are recovery, starting a business, starting a family. You want to get really good at what you do and you want to get good at three things? Try those three things. But I love it. Um, I love the lifestyle, I love owning my time, and I love serving people in a way that aligns with me. Um, It's been a heck of a journey, I'm three years in. Uh, I think everyone should try it. And if you want it bad enough, the key is commitment. You just gotta not give up. And uh, I'm hoping, I'm thinking I won't ever need to go back to corporate. I don't know if I'm hireable anymore because I'm too much of a rebel at this point.
0: Yeah, I was just having a conversation with a friend about how you look at the statistics out there that most entrepreneurs fail and I think it's more that most entrepreneurs fail to adapt, you know, give themselves the time. So, uh one of the things you mentioned there though was um, you know, the, your mom not really being supportive and it just kind of made me think um again, I love my mom. She is by far with along with my wife the most important person in my life. And I remember when I told her I was starting a business, she said, "Good luck, like kind of in this like <laughs> I'm sort of scared for you, kind of that's a voice. Right. And <laughs> but I get it. you know, that's the generation sure. that that they're part of. and um, you know, she always wanted me to have a, a good job and have security because our parents worry right.
1: about us. so it, you know the thing one of the one of the concepts that sunk into my head early on, when I was having that moment of doubt in corporate, when even becoming CEO didn't seem like the right answer, I started asking a lot of questions. My first question was, how long has our society, our human society, operated like this? How long have we gotten up, for me, driven an hour to work through traffic, worked for 10 hours, driven an hour back, been exhausted at the end of the day, working for weekends, but Really being anxious about Monday, calling Wednesday hump day, celebrating Friday. I'm like, this sounds like madness. And we haven't been doing it for that long. Humans and our, our, homo sapiens, 200, 300,000 years we've managed to hang out on this planet. The last couple hundred ish have been like that. Well, maybe there's a different way to do this. All right. Question your assumptions. Well, Well, what do I have to do? I have to have money to pay my bills. So if that money comes from somewhere other than a nine to five, I'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I had to question, you know, why we're all running in this system in a time when we're more technologically advanced. There's better access to food for most of humanity. There's better access to water for most of humanity. Hell, a large percentage of humanity can live in a house and never leave and have Amazon deliver everything they need all day long. And yet, the world's on fire half the time. Most people are miserable, especially in the West. We're depressed, we're anxious, we're overworked. It's toxic, right? And that, that really pushed me to keep asking more and more questions and help other people ask more and more questions. Again, I'm not saying entrepreneurship is the answer, What I am saying is work-life balance is a BS concept. You are not a set of scales that's designed to put a nugget into life when your work is off balance because no one can figure out how to make that work. What I say instead is you are potentially a beautiful, colorful, strongly woven tapestry and every thread is a part of your life. There's your home life, your spiritual life, your work life. The way you take care of yourself, the way you eat, the way you exercise, how you hang out with neighbors. Life can be so rich and amazing, but it's not a balance. It's more like this. And every thread needs to have its proper place. And for most people in America, work is this big rope and everything else is secondary. And so that's what I really want to take back. I want people to take their lives back.
0: Yeah. This um, questioning the reality that exists out there, you know, and the way things have always been done and all of that. For me, what the thing that made me to start, uh, the thing that got me starting to think that way was when I read the book Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, was there a moment for you where you decided you're going to start thinking differently about things?
1: There was, I, I felt like a fraud and I didn't like it. Um, I was walking into a workplace where, let's be clear, I was giving my all, heart and soul and brain, no question, but I wasn't in love with it. And when I stood in front of 80 people who worked you know, either for me or for the people sitting next to me, and I felt like I didn't care about what we were doing, that was the moment I started asking that question why do we work well how did i end up here in this line of work why do we work the way we work that was what triggered it all i i I said i don't know if i can stand up in front of these people and continue faking it and faking it it's funny faking it to massive success right that's the irony like i am (laughs) totally making up my passion for all this except for the people i cared about the people but like i don't care about the work we're doing and yet I keep getting promoted and all my direct reports like me. So who's crazy, me or them? And it was me that was the crazy one. Just totally misaligned mm-hmm. and not doing what I wanted to do. And then, as you said, then I start reading, right? And I go, okay, because this is how I do things. I am going to figure this out. And I start studying evolution, philosophy, psychology, anthropology, sociology. You name the ology. And it's what I read, not for my job, it's what I read in my spare time, because I love figuring out why we are the way we are today, and how we can be better in the way we are for tomorrow. It is so freaking exciting. So from that moment where I started to ask those questions, now that I think about it, an absolute snowball effect to what I've been interested in, and what I've pursued, and the knowledge I've gained. It's really exciting. I think so many people, they think about
0: entrepreneurship and again, they, they see the statistics of the amount of entrepreneurs that fail, but then they also think like, what am I going to do? You know, what, what value yeah. do I have? And yeah. I think what you did, just studying, learn stuff that you're really interested in learning about and just yeah. dive deep. And eventually that business idea, your, your purpose,
1: yeah. your value will come to you, right? It, it will. A lot of the exercises really in all three of the programs I've ever developed, career, getting the job you want, a business, starting a small business, or right now purely around mindset, the values component is so important. You ask people, what are your values? And they're going to give you five to seven answers that everyone else gives you. But then you say, no, what do you really care about? What would you stand on a street corner holding up a cardboard sign written in marker and take a punch because you care about something so very deeply? That's a different question, right? That exploration is crucially important, especially now, because I think we have all this free time. We talked about technological advancement and living in a country, especially of abundance. So now we got all this free time, right? We don't have to hunt or tend the fire or fight off predators. We just have all this extra time. So what do we do? We distract ourselves. Well, what we're here to do instead, what we should really be doing is operating at a higher level finding what we were put on earth for and so for me the experience of uncovering my why and my purpose my golden thread has been an evolving process where it gets clearer and clearer and clearer i thought i knew what i was doing three years ago and i was close see three years ago i said it makes no sense to me that you should be miserable in your job i want to help you fix that and you can hear how that's a cousin of where i'm at now now, I've learned, because the next step was, you can never be happy in corporate, let's start a business. And then I realized it's not about the job or the business. It's about your internal game. When you can learn to be unflappable in the face of stress, when you can learn to be happy and at ease and joyful, no matter what's going on up here or out there, that's when you win. That's when you can orchestrate the things on the outside to be fulfilling. So eventually I got there where it's all about heart, soul, brain, mind. And that's the key for me. But it took me a little while and I'm sure it'll continue to evolve over time. But I think those exercises are valuable.
0: So it's taken you a long time and it's taken me a long time too. this. I've been out of my job for three years now. Um, Do you like when you're working with clients, do you recommend Like take a long time, do what you did, this kind of hard learning process, or do you try to help them to, to shorten it up a little bit?
1: Yeah, I, well, what I tell them is it will get finer tuned over time probably, but that everyone's timetable is different. I'm working with one client now, she's a breast cancer surgeon. So of all my clients that I can say, listen, this work we're doing, it's not like you're saving lives. I can't say it to her because she is saving lives, exactly. right? Yeah. And her, she is so in tune with herself and so in touch with her energy and her spirit. Her acceleration to her purpose has happened in a matter of months. I think there were just fewer wow. wrong turns. There was less confusion. There was something about her where she got there very, very quickly. And I would say I got to mine quickly too. It was just really about the fine-tuning it and getting it more and more precise. But what I want people to do that's crucial, if anybody listening to this, everything you do detach from the outcome and embrace the learning and where you land. See, we're very linear in America. I'm going to do this to get this and do this to get this and do this to get this. And then when we don't end up where we want to be, we get angry and upset about it. So what I prefer are short bursts of aligned activity. I call it aligned action. Things you're excited to do next to see what happens next. And letting go of the when and letting go of the how, but having a really vivid vision for where you want to go and seeing where the universe takes you. So we make a lot of breakthroughs um, in the program within the four months of the program that I, that I push, people have a really, a really good idea of who they are and where they want to go. I think it just keeps getting sharper and sharper and sharper. Does that answer your question? It
0: does. It does. That's helpful. So can you tell us a little bit more about the, the quantum life formula and sort of structurally what that looks like? Yeah,
1: I'm happy to. It's, it's actually pretty cool. I put a mindset piece into my first two programs. It's what my program started off as. So if you got career coaching for me, we, we work, you're on your internal game first, because God forbid I get you a, a new job, you get yourself a new job, and you're still miserable because you take your same miserable baggage with you, right? Like, well, we didn't fix your baggage, so the job change isn't going to fix it. And then for entrepreneurship... You absolutely had to work on your inner game because this is not this is not a, a thing for cowards. So my coaches had told me enough times, why? What's holding you back? Why aren't you just doing the mindset piece? And so I was sitting here at this desk one day, and I don't know if it was the muses or uh, the genius that visited me, whatever. But I wrote down a formula on an index card, and it was kind of a lark, and it, it talked about vibration and attachment and a few other things. And it was this algebra equation, dude, how are you about to take something that's spiritual in nature and make an algebra equation out of it? And then I showed it to somebody and they were like, oh, that's good. I said, shut up. What are you talking about? This is ridiculous. They're like, no, you should teach that. And I, I know people are smarter than me. So I'm like, maybe I should. Two days later, I started writing the program and it all whoosh. It just popped, man. 12 modules just came flying out of me. And I've I've been teaching the modules for 14 months now, and I haven't had to edit anything because it works. And it's not because I'm anything special. It's because what you talked about, I did the research. I did the work myself. I worked with people on it, and I know what works. So now it's my product. It's called Quantum Life Formula. It's a group coaching program. I deliver it one-on-one as well. There's something magical, though, about doing this tough, uncomfortable work in a group space where, man, they raise each other up. It is so freaking cool to watch. Um, You get me. I don't hire you out. I don't give you out to another coach. I participate in the group programs and lead them. And over four months, the stories I could tell, you know, it starts little. It starts with, with a mom who says, I don't like how I'm showing up at my son's soccer games. And we say, okay, describe how you're showing up now and why you don't like it. Describe how you'd like to show up. It seems insubstantial, but the relationship between her and her son has changed dramatically. Her son's 11 years old, and now they get along better, and she's more supportive, and she's calmer at these soccer games, right? Does that matter? Yeah, it matters because she's an entrepreneur. Guess where being calm pays off? Guess where being observant of how you respond to others pays off? How you project the expectations on others pays off. See, what's cool about the work we do is it's like building muscles in the gym. If you come in the program and we make your mental muscles stronger, you make them stronger at the gym, you're going to be able to pick up that box on the front porch. The strength transfers. So you get better mentally at a couple things. Now you're better mentally at a lot of other things. And that's what I care about most is really helping people who have families and they want to show up really well for them. And they'll have a symptom, you know, they'll have a symptom that we start with and we go from there. It's an exciting program. I love delivering it.
0: Yeah, that concept of just being part of a group and that magnetic pull of the group is something that I'm hearing more and more now and... You know, I've participated in a few different types of group coaching sessions. And it, there's there's definitely something to that. It's like if you want to build something, whatever it is that you're dreaming of building, well, go find other people that are building it and do it together, man. It's It's a lot easier. It's like when I was training for, you know, marathons and other distance races, I would go out with a group of people and we would just run together and talk while we were running. You know, I wasn't trying to win the race. So.
1: Yeah, the, the idea of going into the lab or into your room and pulling the curtains like the mad scientist and either creating a change in yourself or creating a product or a service and then tearing the curtains back and saying, ta-da, like it just doesn't work that way. If it does, <laughs> I, I've never met anyone for whom that's true. But what I have met is tons and tons of people who say, the more conversations I have, the more I talk about my ideas, the more I hear other people's ideas. The faster I get to where I want to go and the quicker I grow, the growth is just accelerated. And where did we start this conversation? You and I are introverts. So sometimes I hop on Zoom and I'm hoping they canceled. And that's just the old version of me saying, you know, we could really use a break from this next call. But Numi says, you're going to be all right, man. You're going to be all right. These people are going to enrich you and you're going to enrich them. And that's the freaking point. Yeah.
0: Well, dude, this has been an awesome conversation. Thanks so much for coming on. And I hope we have many more conversations in the future, man. Uh, Where's the best place for people to go to learn more about you and follow
1: along? I'm most active on LinkedIn. Uh, Look me up at Keith Allen Johns. You can also check out my website, KeithAllenJohns.com. Sounds good, buddy. We'll have a great weekend and we'll talk again soon. Sounds good, bud. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening today. And if you have a moment, check out my website at reflectivewealth.com. Everything you need to know about my business is there. Because if there's one thing I've learned in my career, transparency and accountability are critical to a healthy financial services industry. Thanks and see you next time.